Well, again, good morning, everyone, and welcome to worship. Good to have you here. Uh, the fog has cleared away, and it uh, looks like we're going to have a beautiful day. <clears throat> uh, thank you for your attention to some announcements to share with you uh, before we begin with our worship. Uh, this coming Wednesday, we continue with our Bible study over in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, that is open to anyone who can attend. It begins at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we will be looking at the prophets uh, this coming Wednesday. Uh, this coming Saturday at 1 o'clock here in the sanctuary, we will gather together uh, in memory of Paul Brobst uh, to remember Paul's life and give thanks to God, uh, to say our goodbyes, and to hear a word of hope as well beyond this life this coming Saturday at 1 in the afternoon. Beginning uh, next Sunday, our youth bell choir will begin rehearsing. So we're excited uh, for this new addition into our worship life. Uh, youth bell choir begins rehearsing next Sunday, uh, following our second service. Uh, they'll be playing at both services, I think once every six weeks or so is the plan. So you'll be uh, hearing from them uh, in the coming months. <clears throat> in the bulletin this morning, you have a sermon response form. Uh, the sermon this morning is part of my Doctor of Ministry program at the seminary. Uh, this is the last one uh, that I have to do for last year's stuff. So I invite you to uh, take that out, and when the sermon time comes, if you can jot down some notes, uh, that would be appreciated. You can remain anonymous if you wish. Uh, don't have to put your name down there, uh, but if you can. You can put your name down there as well. Appreciate your honesty, and if there's something more that you want to write down and are not ready to hand it in today, you can take it with you and bring it into the church office in a couple of days if, if you like. Otherwise, please place them in the offering plate as it goes by today. Two weeks from today, we gather together as a whole congregation for our congregational meeting uh, that will take place after this service concludes uh, at noon in the fellowship hall. Please plan to join us. Uh, that will also include a lunch. And uh, we still are looking for a few people to help prepare and to serve our meal at the homeless shelter uh, coming up next Sunday. If you can help out with that, uh, Joanne Lambert is the person to connect with. I mentioned to you at this service uh, last Sunday that Caitlin Jensen uh, received her call, her first call, uh, to serve a congregation in Karlstadt, Minnesota. There are invitations to her ordination in the entryway of the church. So before you leave today, you'll see them right on the credenza. Uh, take one of the invitations to remind yourself, um, and there's also a place where you can RSVP. She kind of wants to know who's going to be there. Um, it, this will take place on the 3rd of February. It's a Saturday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I invite you to come join us uh, for this time of celebration uh, as Caitlin Jensen is called into the ordained ministry. <clears throat> Then we have several uh, birthdays in our congregation today. Uh, many uh, took place at the previous service. Um, Doreen Geisler, uh, Junko Allport, Howard Herrenstein, and Catherine Withers all celebrate their birthdays today. So if you know any of those folks, if you want to extend um, 
wishes to them, uh, you've got their names. And that's it for the announcements today. Uh, thank you for your presence uh, this morning as we join together in the worship of our Lord. I invite you to stand as we begin with our call to worship. From the 104th Psalm, the psalmist says, Praise the Lord, my soul. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Almighty God, we come together this day and we are mindful of your provision in our lives. But not only do you provide, Lord, you bring us true abundance. We pray that our eyes might be opened once again in this season of Epiphany to see your revelation in our midst, that we might see you and follow you uh, more closely this coming year. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today is the day that the Lord has made. And let's join together in our opening song, The River. Down, 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 down
I invite the children to come forward for the children's message. Even as we sang together in that opening song, going down to the river, you can imagine being cleansed in the waters, but there are more waters than you need in that river. Much water passes you by without touching you. Uh, this is a, a sign, a picture of abundance, uh, which will be throughout our service this morning, uh, particularly in our gospel text. Well, good morning, children. How you doing today? Good. Good. Sun's shining. Yeah, what happens when the sun shines and the rains come down? Uh, what happens to the earth? It gets wet. <laughs> it gets wet, yeah. What else happens? What else happens? Turn around and look at what colors are hanging there on the altar and on the pulpit. It might remind you of something. What happens? I heard somebody say it. Life grows, yeah, stuff grows out of the ground. I've got some green stuff growing in my front yard, and it's not grass, it's kind of weeds that are growing, yeah. So when rain happens and the sun shines, things grow. And the green hangings that are up there remind us that we are in a season of our church, a season of our church that has to do with growth. But it's not only we grow up taller or grow bigger, but we grow in our faith. We grow in our trust of God. And the way that we grow in our trust of God is we get different pictures of who God is. We see Jesus in what we might say is new light, as the light shines on Jesus and shows us who he is. So we're going to be spending some time in a book of the Bible called John, the Gospel of John, in the next several weeks. And in John, he tells us that there are seven things that Jesus shows, seven miraculous signs that shows us who he is. It sort of opens our eyes to different aspects of who Jesus is. And this morning, as we just sang about that river flowing and how much water goes down in that river, uh, that theme, that understanding of abundance. Do you know what abundance is? What's abundance? How would you describe it? A lot, yeah. Almost more than a lot, right? It's like overflowing. It's like if you held your glass out to somebody, I should have done this today, and somebody pours you a glass and keeps pouring and overflows the glass. That's an abundance, like too much. I didn't need all that. But God provides that abundance for us. <clears throat> We'll see that in the next weeks, and we're reminded of that in a special miracle that Jesus does today that we're going to talk about in church this morning, and I think you're going to talk about also in Sunday school today. So let's have a prayer together. Dear God, Dear God thank, you thank you for your abundance, for your abundance 
of love, of mercy, and grace. Help us in this season to see you more clearly so we can follow in your steps. Amen. Thank you for coming up. We continue our service with the prayer of confession and word of forgiveness. As you are able, I invite you to stand for this portion. I invite you to join your hearts together with mine in prayer as we pray together these words. Almighty God, merciful Father, I confess before you today in the presence of this community of faith that I have sinned against you in my thoughts, with my words, and by the way I have lived my life. In all these ways I have done less than what you desire and command. I am sorry for my sins. Help me to see that my sin hurts not only others and myself, but you most of all. Forgive me, I pray, for the sake of Jesus, your Son. Renew me and lead me in your perfect way. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, and for his sake forgives us all our sins. As a minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated as we continue with our worship. Hallelujah. 
Whether there is a barrier in your life that uh, is set up before you that seems insurmountable, or a gap or absence or need in your life that seems like will never be filled, uh, Jesus is the answer to both of those things. Uh, he can do for you what no one else can. Uh, we continue with our, the prayer of the day. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Lord God, you showed your glory and led many to faith by the works of your Son. As he brought gladness and healing to his people, grant us these same gifts, and lead us also to perfect faith in him. Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We now continue uh, with the reading of our scripture for today. Uh, the first lesson comes to us from the prophet Amos. And uh, before we get there, actually, I wanted to recognize our, our drummer, uh, Kit Bergman. Uh, he's been the one at the drums over there, uh, filling in. Yes, thank you. <laughs> filling in for Tony Fulgar, who's been away on vacation uh, in the Philippines and, and uh, other places, uh, Australia, New Zealand, he's been all over. I think uh, Tony is due back um, <laughs> soon. Um, but I don't know how much he's going to be playing guitar. He's got hip surgery coming up. He's got other things going on. So, yeah, drumming. Did I say guitar? <laughs> he probably won't be playing a lot. He won't be playing guitar. No, he won't be playing any guitar, I don't think. He'll be playing some drums, maybe. All right. <clears throat> maybe I'll get this right. Uh, they got the first lesson uh, today from the prophet Amos. Amos was the first literary prophet, the first one to write his stuff down. Uh, some say that Amos uh, did a great job and no one's done it better since. So from Amos chapter 9, the last verses of his writing, uh, Amos speaks about the hopes uh, that would take place in the Messiah. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the one treading grapes. New wine will drip from the mountains 
and flow from all the hills. I will bring back my exiled people, Israel. They will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. Our second reading is from Acts chapter 2, a passage that we are used to reading on the day of Pentecost. Uh, Acts chapter 2 on page 1140. Here we read about the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the people with power. Uh, That event is rather ambiguous as we find at the end of this passage as the people wonder what in the world is going on. Acts chapter 2, beginning with the first verse. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites? Residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Here ends the reading of our second lesson. In the gospel for today, according to St. John, the second chapter, I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 2, beginning with the first verse. On the third day... A wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, 
and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed in Cana of Galilee. He thus revealed his glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Dearly beloved of God, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. When we think of weddings, most of the time we think of times of great joy. And I wonder how many of you uh, think of or participated in by watching the last royal wedding. Do you remember that? April 29th, 2011, took place at Westminster Abbey in London, Prince William and Catherine Kate Middleton. How many of you stayed up to watch it or got up early to watch it, along with tens of millions in the world? Uh, It was 1,900 people were invited to the wedding itself. Uh, It was estimated that the whole event cost around 20 million pounds. The money, time, and effort that went into it is just incredible. When we think of that wedding or any wedding, there are many details uh, to be concerned about. There's the dress, there's the flowers, the attendants, the guests, on and on it goes. One of the pinnacles of all life's experiences, perhaps, are weddings. Wedding joy, wedding plans, wedding hopes, wedding memories. By all accounts, a major life event. There are, of course, those couples who choose simply to elope and later announce the news to their family and friends, taking everyone by surprise. Last night, I spent time with just such a couple as I officiated at a renewal of vows ceremony in Morgan Hill. Uh, They had eloped 50 years ago yesterday. But for the non-elopers, there are lots of details to take care of. And with it, oftentimes, comes lots of stress, which is why wedding coordinators are sometimes employed to take away some of that anxiety and stress. But still, what if something goes wrong? The worry, the anxiety, the embarrassment, the shame. As much planning that goes into it, what if something goes askew and it all comes crashing down? But all is well in our passage this morning from John 2. There are no worries. And there will be none for you, as long as you remember to invite a special someone to your party. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this miraculous sign, which points to you and which creates faith in your followers. We pray that as we meditate upon this passage this morning, we would not only learn more about what we find in the treasure of Holy Scripture, but we would truly recognize your power, your presence in our lives. 
as you fill us with your spirit, as you fill us with abundance and joy, and send us out into your world to be your faithful ministers of reconciliation. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the wedding we read of in Holy Scripture is certainly not as big or as elaborate as the royal wedding I mentioned to you at the beginning of the sermon. It may not even have been as big or as elaborate as your own. But there was indeed worry and anxiety, and embarrassment and shame was not far on the horizon. This new couple faced a real crisis in their lives as they were expected to provide for all of their guests. They had run out of their supplies. They'd reached their end. The wine had given out. Speculation abounds by theologians about what caused the wine to run out, what caused this social faux pas. Did the presence of Jesus and his disciples as late arrivals uh, added to the guest list too late cause this awful situation? Did those invited to this wedding not gift the wedding couple sufficiently so that they could provide well enough for the people who were there? There are other far-fetched suggestions that I won't even mention to you this morning, but suffice it to say that no one really knows the cause, what caused this situation, but the fact remains they had run out of wine. It was a crisis. The mother of Jesus approaches him and tells him simply, they've run out of wine. She doesn't ask Jesus to perform a miracle, but she knows who to go to. And by this telling, it tells us that she was confident Jesus would take care of things. Jesus answers her straight away and definitively that his time had not yet come. His time is a key theme in this gospel that we will see unfold as we get into the gospel more deeply. And although the response of Jesus to his mother may appear to be rather abrupt, he's not disrespectful or rude to her. Still, Jesus will not allow any family members, even his mother, to influence his mission. He would answer his call to his father and would be faithful to carry out his mission alone. If Jesus' hour had not yet come, this event would start the timer. The only other time that the mother of Jesus appears in this gospel is at the foot of the cross. When the hour of Jesus had indeed come and had come to completion. The point John is making for us here is that at the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry and at the end, his mother was there to observe and to offer her support. Jesus shows some hesitancy in his response. He's tentative in his deliberations as to how he should respond. But his mother is persistent 
And as this gospel unfolds, we will see others who are no less persistent. His mother tells the servants, whatever he tells you, just do. Or in other words, just do it. I think those three words could be attributed to the mother of Jesus. Again, this conveys her confidence that Jesus will take care of things, that going to him would save the day. And of course, Jesus does just that. He redeems this wedding. He saves the couple, the host, the whole party in what could have been a very embarrassing and shameful situation. But before we spend some time meditating on how this passage speaks to us here today, there are a few details that John relates to us in this passage that we should not overlook. John mentions to us that there were six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, he says. Jesus uses these containers set aside for religious rite, and Jesus infuses them with joy. He turns the water into wine. Jesus replaces the stoic, antiseptic, lifeless rites of ceremonial washings and prescribed purification rituals. Furthermore, there are some who see that John is using a literary device here in John chapter 2 to communicate that Jesus is fulfilling and transforming the Sabbath. Now, it's interesting how John does this. I'll tell you first that most weddings took place on Wednesdays during the week. Wednesdays. It's important to know because it's important to know. It's a Wednesday probably that this takes place. And yet, and yet, as John opens his gospel in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, as I mentioned to you last Sunday, this takes us all the way back to Genesis, right? The opening words of Scripture in the beginning. And we find that in Genesis, in the beginning was the first part of day one. Then in chapter one of John, verses 29, 35, and 43, we have they, all those verses begin with the words, the next day, thus telling us about day two, three, and four. And when we get to our passage this morning, if you're still with me. The passage this morning in chapter 2 begins with the words, on the third day. Day 4 plus 3 is 7. Logically, now while this wedding did not take place on the Sabbath day, theologically, John is telling us what Jesus is going to do with the Sabbath. Jesus will fulfill the Sabbath and transform the Sabbath with abundance. This is a key word in this gospel, and we will see this as we march our way through the gospel of John in the coming weeks. Abundance happens not just at this wedding. We will find it wherever Jesus shows up. Not only in the Jewish rites, not only with Sabbath observances, but also in our lives as well. For it's not only at your wedding that you might fear you don't have enough 
or that something's going to go wrong. There are certainly other anxieties that come our way in our lives. Let me ask you this. Have you ever felt unprepared or underprepared? Fearful that you will run out of whatever it is you feel you were supposed to supply to those around you. Maybe you can remember when you were a new mother, some of you, and you wonder, do I have what it takes to do this job? Driving home a day, I remember when Emily, my firstborn, was born. Driving home a day later from the hospital, thinking, what have they done? They have allowed us to leave with this child that we don't know what to do with, right? As many books as we read, there's still that anxiety. Do I have what it takes? Or maybe you find yourself dealing with an aging parent and you wonder to yourself, do I have the patience? Do I have the time? Can I do this? Or maybe you've lost a loved one, a life partner. It feels like half of yourself is gone. Do you have what it takes, you think, to formulate a new life and to move on? Or maybe there will come a time when you fear that you are becoming forgetful and of what that might mean. What happens if you lose your mental acuity? Will your children still be there for you? How will your grandchildren remember you? Will you lose their respect? Will you lose your dignity? You know it's true, you tell yourself. You're simply not the person you used to be. The physical or mental specimen you once were, that's long in the past. Is there enough of you still to be wanted? Are there times when you feel like you have run out of you? Times that you have been depleted of all that is attractive, desired, or might be of service to anyone? Or perhaps you fear that the face that you have put forward to your family and friends, that this image is crumbling, and you fear what will happen if they see the real you. Well, these are deep questions, big questions, and deeper than simply running out of wine at a wedding. But the answer is the same. As Jesus provided an abundance and great joy at a wedding, so he can do so for you in your life, if you will invite him to your party. Invite Jesus into your life, Invite him into your fears, for he will bring an abundance no one else can. As I mentioned last night at this renewal of vows ceremony in Morgan Hill, a good marriage consists of the commitment of husband and wife wedded to the blessing of God. The evangelist John does not want us to miss two things as he summarizes this event in the last verse John tells us that in this event, this miraculous sign, Jesus is revealed. The disciples begin to notice signs of his messiahship, <coughs> signs that this Jesus is the Christ, 
They remember the words that the prophets had spoken, words that we read together earlier today, that the mountains would drip with sweet wine when the Messiah came. We're reminded of 2nd Baruch, an apocryphal work not contained in the Bible, but 2nd Baruch tells us of what the people were anticipating when the Messiah would come. Listen to these words. We read, The earth shall yield its fruit ten thousandfold. Each vine shall have one thousand branches. Each branch, one thousand clusters. Each cluster, a thousand grapes. And each grape, a hundred and twenty gallons of wine. Now, of course, that's unimaginable, right? But the point is abundance. Abundance of wine. A messianic sign. This was merely the beginning of the revelation of this word made flesh. For truly the best is yet to come. As Jesus told Nathanael in the last chapter, they will see greater things than these. And John also tells us, not only does this miraculous sign point to Jesus and reveal who he is, but John tells us that the disciples put their trust in him. This was evidence of their dependence upon Jesus, even as the bridal party was dependent upon him to save the day. The trust of the disciples was not complete. They would continue to grow in their understanding and as they did, they would grow in their trust. And it is a journey into which you too are called. The disciples put their trust in him. So what happens when the commitment of husband and wife is wedded to God's blessing? What happens when ceremonial rites are infused with the presence of Jesus? What happens when revelations and manifestations of Jesus are discovered and wedded to your commitment to follow? What happens when problem discernment is wedded to looking to Jesus for answers? Abundance and joy, that's what happens. Abundance and joy are found in Jesus, our Lord, and you are invited this day to invite him into the crises of your life to discover his presence, his blessing, to be more than sufficient for your needs. He will turn your water into wine and bring you abundance and joy, the assurance that he will never fail you or forsake you, that you are safe and sufficient in him. So come to the Lord's table this day and taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for those times of great joy in our lives. You are the source of every blessing, and you continue to bless us with these moments. And Lord, we thank you also that when we have reached the end of ourselves, when we have found ourselves in great need, that when we look to you, we know that you are the one who can provide, the one who can move those mountains, the one who can supply us in our time of need with abundance and joy. 
Continue to open our eyes to who you are and create faith and trust in us. These things we ask in your name. Amen. Grace, you know, it's my heart. 
invite you to stand and confess the greatness of our God using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We continue with our prayers. Let us pray. Lord, we come together today to praise you and seek your guidance as we go through our daily lives. We pray for the people in Montecito and those lost in the mudslides. We also pray for the people in Puerto Rico who are still without electricity, water, and access to food, shelter, and health care. Help us to each day as an opportunity, see each day as an opportunity to know you and serve you. Be with us during the week and guide us in all we do. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We give thanks for Pastor Derek and his family and ask your continued blessings for them. We give thanks for the Mikey Day Band and their faithful service. Bless all those who serve in our church and all who are here today. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for those in need of healing and support. We pray especially for all of those whose names are listed in our bulletin, those we name in our hearts, and those shared by pastor at this time. This morning, O oh Lord, we lift before you Speranza Shimbri, Michaela Lucio, and pray that you would minister to them as you know how. We lift before you in thanksgiving Doreen Geisler, Junko Allport, Howard Herrenstein and Catherine Withers as they celebrate their birthdays. May they know that you have created them to be unique and special, that you consider them your treasures, uh, gifts to their family, friends, and this church community. We pray for Ca Pastor Carol Bean, serving at All Saints in Sunnyview, and the ministry taking place within and beyond their church walls. For those families that grieve, including the families of Paul Brobst, Debbie Espinoza, and Laura Tanner. Surround them with your loving kindness and grace. We pray for our government officials this morning for Diane Feinstein and Kamala Harris, that you would empower them and guide them in your ways. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for our mission ministries and ask your blessings for the global outreach of our congregation the ministries of the Wicks in Colombia, the Stone family in Turkey, the children in ELCA school in Rwanda, the Pixleys in Croatia, 
and the Shalubs in the Middle East and North Africa. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We ask your guidance for the coming week and strengthen us to do your will and be the people you need us to be. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Darrell, for leading us in prayers this morning. The congregation may be seated. Uh, we will uh, continue with our offering, and I just wanted to relate to you. I did receive an email this morning uh, from Kamel and Badi Ashalhub, those missionaries to the Middle East and North Africa, expressing their thanks to us as a congregation for our gifts of support to them. So uh, just wanted to pass that on to you and thank you for your giving uh, this morning and each week uh, in the support of the mission and ministry of our Lord Jesus. them in your grace. Renew our lives and reform your church that we might be faithful witnesses of your good news in Jesus Christ. Amen. And now here in this place we remember that in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. We join together in the singing of our Lord's Prayer. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial. And deliver us from evil, for the kingdom, the power, the glory. 
This is the Lord's table. Jesus is the host of this meal. Uh, all who believe and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior are welcome to join in this holy communion. We do commune by intinction. You will receive a wafer and are invited to reserve the wafer to dip into the wine or the grape juice which follows to receive both elements at the same time. Please come at the invitation of your Lord. Now the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bless you and keep you in his grace now and forever. Amen. Please stand for the close of our service today.
Before uh, speaking the blessing for the journey, I want to thank you all for coming out today to worship. Uh, your presence in this place matters. It enriches the worship of others and uh, hopefully enriches uh, your life as well. So thank you for, for being here today and now receive the blessing. And now set free by the grace of Jesus and empowered by God's Holy Spirit, let us go forth from this place to serve those for whom Christ died, that God might be glorified in all things. <coughs> Amen. If we are the body, and we are, let's sing this last song. It's crowded in worship today. She slips in, trying to fade into the faces. The girls tease in laughter, is carrying farther than they know, farther than they know. And if we are the body, why are his gold and quietly sinks into the back row the weight of their judgmental glances tells him that his chances are better out on the road but if we are the body the body Thank you, Pastor, wherever you're at. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful week.